1960 to the end of 2017 of the entire S&P 500, 82% of the total return, if you compound, if you reinvest dividends, right. 82% of that total return came from dividends. Good heavens. So, you know. That's from when to when? From 1960 to the end of 2017. Really? Yes. Uh, on the S&P 500? On the S&P 500, if you reinvested the dividends. Wow. Uh, 82%. 82%. Um, so when we're, when we're looking for companies that pay dividends, we're trying to create you know, an income stream for our clients, first and foremost. But the approach, even if somebody's not taking income, if you're reinvesting these dividends, you also have that growth potential. Uh, you have the compounding of the dividends because you, know, you have a stock that pays $10, and the next year you're earning dividends on that extra $10. Uh, so it's, it's the compound, it's a snowball effect. Um, so we're, we're, we're a couple, I'll back up. Um, some things that you need to be careful of when, what we look at when we're finding these companies, um, you have to be careful not to look just at high yield. Right. Because you can you can do a screen, uh, it's easy to do, and see. Okay, here's uh, X company that's paying fifteen percent, or you know yeah. something that's that's way out of bounds of. Well, Windstream stock was paying a big high number until they went bankrupt. Right, exactly. And there's there's a number that have done that over time, and you have you can't just go and say, okay, I'm buying something that has a high current yield, because then you're just looking in a vacuum you're not looking right. at the 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 business in its entirety so what we look for we look for current yield that is something we look at you know because current yield which is it takes into account the price the stock's trading at and its dividend it's income divided by price exactly um you look at what the current yield is because that gives you your comparison between bonds you know yeah. what, what's your risk premium for this but then you also have to look at the business and what's their history of raising dividends. Um, like, for example, uh, one stock that we own, they've raised their dividend every year for 50 years. Now, every stock we own isn't like that. But this one, because where the yield was, the current yield and the valuation and the business that they're in, we felt it was a good time. You know, it was a good entry point. Um, entry point is crucial because it's if you you can buy a great company but if you pay too much for it there's a lot of risk there yeah um so back to what you said at first uh, we were ambivalent to if the market likes it or not mm -hmm. um and but we're always looking at the current valuation because if something gets way too expensive there's probably something else that's cheaper so you yeah. you, you can't that's the difference between our approach, one of the differences, between our approach and something like a, a factor ETF or something that's on autopilot. It's just following these metrics. Well, if that metric that you're looking at gets expensive, you got to have the flexibility to make changes. Right. Um, now, we're, we're still seeing a lot of value out there, even in the, the dividend-paying world. Um you know certain sectors, which we'll we'll talk about one here in a little bit. 
Um, but there's certain sectors that have been hated by the market, yeah. and and the business is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we're looking for. We're looking for companies that have a resilient business that the market, for one reason or the other, may have discounted the price. Therefore, it has a higher current yield. And as long as that dividend it looks secure, and you can you can look at that through something like payout ratio. You know how much is the the company paying out to its net income? If you're looking at a ninety percent payout ratio, depending on the industry, there might be problems there. They might not be. They might cut the dividend. They might have problems with the the business. Um, so we're looking for companies that have a relatively low payout ratio um, and that look attractive from a valuation standpoint. Right. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. We're going to a break. It is News Radio 630 WLAP. News is happening every second, every minute. Today, tonight, tomorrow. The most up-to-date information. Real. Real news. Every day. Real life on News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. During times of market volatility, as we have just experienced, it's easy for investors to panic. Some investors want an easy solution, like an annuity, to manage the ups and downs of the market. Some want to seek the safety of bonds and bond funds. At times like this, it's often wise to examine what the long term returns of equities have been versus other asset classes. At Dupree Financial Group, we use times of market volatility as an opportunity to purchase securities at lower prices than where they may have recently traded. If you'd like to know how our investment process may help you and your retirement investments, then give us a call at 859-233-0400 to set up an appointment. It may be an eye-opening experience for you in this new year. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. When it's not always raining, there'll be days like this. When there's no one complaining, there'll be days like this. Everything falls into place. Like the flick of a switch Well, my mama told me There'll be days like this When you don't need to worry There'll be days like this When no one's in a hurry There'll be days like this When you don't get betrayed By that old Judas kiss Oh, my mama told me There'll be days like this When you don't need an answer There'll be days like this When you don't need a chance Stay with us Or no, back with us It's News Radio 630 WLAP The Tom Dupree Show That's a good song Hell of a song Yeah, I love them horns in it when did this one come out? Is this more recent? Yeah, it's what? Uh, I think within the last 15, 20 years. Yeah. Came out. So great, great song. Okay. The outlook for MLPs in the energy sector is getting brighter, Analyst says. Talk, talk about that some. So this I, is this is a sector um, that 
had some issues in 2014 uh, because oil prices dropped and uh, all, you know, energy companies in general, you know, dropped in 2014 because oil went from over 100 to, I want to get down to mid 30s, I yeah. think. Uh, 28, didn't it? 28, yeah. yeah. Um, so the the sector uh, has kind of gone through a, a reckoning, if you will. And mm-hmm. a lot of these companies um, have cleaned up their balance sheet, cleaned up their operations. Uh, you look at uh, energy companies in general, like the large integrated oil companies, which do everything from exploration to midstream to the, the refining. Um, you know, they've lowered their break-even points, you know, significantly because they've become more efficient. Um, anytime you get a, a commodity or a business that's booming, you, you get fat in the, yeah. in the business. Um, and so they've trimmed the fat from the business. They're running lean. And so they've right. lowered their what oil has to be at to be profitable. Um, now, a sector that uh, we've had exposure to and we've been looking at it even more recently um is uh the master limited partnership um uh, mlp those uh, just got destroyed got destroyed because they they had um uh, the way that they operated um in 2014 especially uh they had some issues uh because uh, they they have to pay up certain amounts to the parent company. They have to have access to capital. Well, all of these have now uh, kind of revamped their business. Yeah, and <clears throat> you take that in conjunction with the oil companies being able to break even at a lower price of oil. Right. Well, they're producing oil at where it is today at you know uh, 58 yep. where it is today they're producing oil and they probably would all the way to 40 or 45 dollars a barrel um, right. and so the business the the nature of it has become more resilient because all a pipeline because a lot of the mlps are pipeline companies so they yeah. they just move the product to toll road the toll road be it natural gas or crude oil and so if the if the oil companies are producing oil at forty to forty five and they're moving it through this pipeline, that's good for business. Yeah, um, and the the sector has just been beaten up so badly. Um, we're talking about you know current yield in the mm-hmm. last segment. You know, there's a nice current yield uh, in the in this uh, area, and uh, so that's we we. We've owned one that used to be a master limited partnership. It's no longer. It's now just a C corp, and they're they're you know they're kicking butt. You know they're All doing right. doing really well. And we just added another one to the portfolio that's that moves crude oil, um, and the yield on that looks is, is very attractive right now. So we're always looking for areas that are out of favor for one reason or the other. We talk about it, you know, we, we argue about it and then we come to our conclusion and that, that distills the ideas down. Yeah. And what we're trying to find out is, is the company sustainable with its current, um, income business model? We evaluate an S and we evaluate a master limited partnership the same way we would evaluate any other kind of company 
you know, can it uh, – and we're – we like the yield. We like to see our clients get paid out at a competitive rate because, as we know, interest rates are very low. It's tough for retired people to make much on their inc- on their assets that's, under management. That's right, and <clears throat> and ultimately, that's always our goal. You know, uh, price appreciation. That's fine. We'll take it when the market gives it. Right. But the the income. That's what our clients need. Uh, because many of them are taking a monthly distribution. They need that regardless of what the market's doing. Right. Now, oil has been paying off in 2019, but not everybody thinks it's a great place to be. This is why you have to be careful of, you know, know what you own. Mm-hmm. Um, there are ETFs out there that are they're, they're called triple ETFs. So the fund uses leverage. Uh, and it, it tries to mimic, in this case, oil. It mimics oil prices three times mimic. <laughs> on a daily basis. Now, this is where knowing the mechanics of what you own make a big makes a mimic <laughs> makes a big difference. So this this one uh, ETF, it's a three times long crude oil exchange traded fund. So theoretically, if crude goes up a dollar, it could go up three dollars. Right. So let's for an example, let's say you put a hundred dollar investment into this ETF and oil prices go up five percent in a day. You now have one hundred and fifteen dollars. Yeah. Here's what a lot of people don't know. You've got to be right. You know, we've said before that when you're trading something, you have to be right twice. Yeah. With this. You've got to be right twice, but very specific. Let's say you think oil prices are going to trend up over the next six months. Yeah. In between, from now and six months later, you're going to have price movement on a daily basis. Even if over that six-month period the price is higher, you can still get your head knocked off using this because it's a daily reset. So going back to that example. It's almost like like the annuities that are tied to uh the index annuities right right they have a reset they have the reset but this one let's say back to that example you put a hundred dollars in oil goes up five percent that day you now have 115 dollars okay because it's three times the next day let's say oil drops five percent the next day the investor loses seventeen dollars and twenty five cents you end up with ninety seven dollars and seventy five cents less than your initial wager really even though wager is a good word because that's what you're doing you're betting it's a bet so and some brokerage firms don't even allow these anymore but but a lot do it's if if you're an investor you say okay here's a three i think oil prices are going to go up over the next year i'm going to buy this because i'll make three times you don't know the mechanics of it. Yeah. Uh, even if over that time the price of oil is higher, you can still lose money. The deck is stacked against you. The deck's stacked against you. That's that's how daily resets with leverage work against you. Yeah. Um, so us, we would prefer to have something like a pipeline. That's paying that steady income to our clients and giving them the yield that they need right because we don't know what oil prices are going to do but 
we 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 can look at the numbers and see okay it's trading you know Brent is at fifty eight thirty nine today mm-hmm. and you know we can talk to these oil companies the majors say okay their break even's forty dollars some are even lower than that yeah um, if they're still producing oil they're getting it out of there and they need, and it needs to be refined that's something we can say with more certainty okay even if price does drop or it stays the same. We're just going to collect the dividend. Right. That's and, that, the and that's what we're interested in is collecting the dividend. Right. By the way, you can, if you're interested in talking to us, you can uh, call us at 859-233-0400 or send us an email at info at com. Stay with us one more half hour. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WAP. Americans are always on the move. They're in the car, at the office, working around the house. Americans refuse to sit still. So how do you connect with all of these moving targets? Easy, with radio. Radio reaches 93% of Americans every week, more than Google, Facebook, even television. Because hey, who has the time to sit and watch TV? So when you want to connect with all those constantly moving adults, teens, and millennials, get to iHeartMedia.com and put AMFM radio to work for your company. Kentuckians are always on the move. Whether you're driving down the road for a gallon of milk or flying across the country, Kentucky's new driver's licenses will get you there more securely than ever before. Rolling out by county starting this April. All cards will arrive in the mail. Choose between a standard license or a U.S. air travel and military base approved voluntary travel ID license. Preparing now will save valuable time later when you renew at your local circuit court clerk office. Learn what documents to bring at drive.ky.gov. Are you ready? Everyone's discovering podcasts on the iHeartRadio app. So make us your podcast player and discover season three of the award-winning podcast, Disgraceland. Hey, it's Jake Brennan, host of Disgraceland. Check out episode one of the third season as we kick off the two-part rock and roll true crime saga of Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love. Listen to Disgraceland and over 25,000 more podcasts on the iHeartRadio app. Your music, your stations, your podcasts all free new zealand's prime minister trying to reassure the public that security has been stepped up following the deadly shooting rampage that left 49 people dead dozens of others injured the suspect brenton tarrant an australian citizen described himself in an online document as a white supremacist he appeared in court saturday abc's will carr is in christchurch local authorities here say that 36 minutes after they got the first call is when they took the suspect into custody now they say that, quote, that is an incredibly fast response time. But to the victims, that was an eternity. And I think like we saw with the aftermath of the Columbine shooting, authorities here will learn from their response and adapt. Will Carr, ABC News in Christchurch. A shootout in Las Vegas outside the Bellagio Hotel and Casino last night. Authorities say the armed suspect walked in and demanded money at a poker cage. He then fled and exchanged gunfire with police outside. The suspect was shot. It is, it is in critical condition. I'm Michelle Franz in ABC News. Talk about a nice start to the weekend across the bluegrass as we look ahead for the afternoon hours for your Saturday. Mostly sunny skies went out. It is breezy at times and temperature-wise a little on the chilly side, but overall still nice out there as high stop out in the mid to upper 40s. As we look ahead for tonight, calm conditions will continue. Clear skies and cold temperatures settle in as lows drop off into the mid to upper 20s. For your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP, I'm WKYT meteorologist Chris Johnson. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the Tiffany Thacker State Farm Studios. 
This is Lexington's News Radio 630 WLAP. Message and data rates may apply. Earning your degree from one of the top business schools in the country might sound impossible to fit into your workload. But what if there were a business degree that furthered your career and gave you access to world-renowned faculty, leaders, and mentors, all on your schedule? One that opened doors to some of the most influential CEOs, tech companies, law firms, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. And what if you could earn that degree in as little as 16 months, 100% online? To find out more, text PROUD to 79645. That's P-R-O-U-D to 79645. Start your online MBA, information management, or business analytics master's program from the W.P. Carey School of Business at Arizona State University today. Learn more about the W.P. Carey Business Graduate Programs online. Text PROUD to 79645. That's P-R-O-U-D to 79645. And now, the worst commercial ever. Hi, I am Justin Galvin, retired athlete from your local ball team. So I know a thing or two about insuring a landscaping business. I trust the pros, commercial auto and business insurance through Progressive. Get customized insurance solutions that'll hit a grand slam home run for you. Are we done? A totally mailed-in celebrity endorsement. Awful. Whereas commercial auto and business insurance through Progressive is anything but. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com to quote today. Insurance provided in service by Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. It's affiliated in third-party insurers. 630 WLAP. Caravan is on its way. I can hear the merry gypsy play. Mama, mama, I look at him. Back on the Tom Dupree Show, final half hour. Mike Johnson with us. Mike, uh, when buying mutual funds and exchange-traded funds with a dividend tilt, investors should look at what sectors the fund emphasizes if you're buying mutual funds. At Dupree Financial Group, we don't buy mutual funds. We stick with uh, individual securities. It's easier to know what we own and to do the research. Investors should look. Sometimes funds load up on energy stocks, and you're taking a risk if oil prices drop. So, you know, right. there's that. So, with <clears throat> with mutual funds, <clears throat> excuse me, with the mutual funds, it's you don't know exactly what you own. It's always backward looking, and by the time you see what you own, you probably don't own that same thing. Yeah. Um, with funds as well, um, you have to look at where the dividends are coming from uh, because when a fund pays out the, the dividend to the investor, that doesn't all come from dividends that are generated within the fund. Some of that right. might come from capital gains uh, from within the fund. So if you have a, a mutual fund that says you're getting paid 5%, well, that you, you got to look and see how sustainable is that 5%. If you got half of that 5% from capital gains, I wouldn't count on that 5% coming in right. regularly. Um, and then also, uh, as this is pointing out, looking at where, uh, the, if what are paying dividends, where, what sector 
they're focused on uh, because you could have a mutual fund that's paying 5%, but 85% of it's in energy. Well, you're leveraged to energy there. We have exposure to energy. We've been talking about it, but we're- We know what it is. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I just wanted to wrap wrap that last piece up you know we do not run a mutual fund we're the our clients accounts are individually managed and our role is to create a diversified income stream for our clients so what is a diversified income stream well it is an income stream that comes from a variety of companies in a variety of businesses with a variety of managements, all of which the thing they have in common is that they manage for uh, grist in the mill, sort of plotting daily income type businesses that are throwing off cash, which can be used to pay dividends to the investors. So these stocks that we have are really not just stocks. To us, they're pieces of businesses that produce income on a daily basis where we hope the management's goals are aligned with the shareholders' goals in the same way that our goals as fiduciaries are aligned with our investors' goals uh, we want our investors to receive cash flow and good returns from this businesses because these businesses, because that's what helps us also. Our alignment is similar. We're looking for agreement or congruency of alignments of goals between our companies that we invest in and how they treat their shareholders to how we treat our investors, our clients. Right. Same thing. Right. From top to bottom. Exactly. Yep. So now one of the ways that uh, companies pay these dividends is to out-and-out pay dividends. Another way they pay dividends is to buy back stock from the public which they hope will lead to fewer shares being in circulation which means that the earnings per share will be higher which should help the stock price there are uh, politicians have come out with uh, these ideas of restricting stock back buybacks and there's an article written here by Joshua Bolton and Ken Birch as to why restricting buybacks will hurt the economy. Tell us a little bit about that. So uh, a quick thing on how buybacks work. So a uh, simplistic example, let's say you have a million-dollar company with 10 owners. So each owner shares $100,000, right? Yeah. Now, let's say the company buys back one of those shares, and it's still worth a million dollars. The nine owners now have $111,111 and change stake. That That's their value of their share. Because one of those shares just got eliminated. Exactly. So with a company, you're do, it's the same principle, but they're dealing with 
hundreds of thousands, millions of shares of stock, but it's the same principle. What we're so stock buyback cuts to efficient allocation of capital. That's that's what it cuts to because a company's always looking for how to deploy earnings or borrowed money uh, in in the most efficient way. Is it to expand their business? Is it to pay dividends directly to the shareholders? Or is it to buy back shares? Because Mm -hmm. if a company, because a company knows their business better than anybody else, right? They know what their company's worth probably better than anybody. So if a company comes and says, we're going to buy back our shares because they're undervalued, there's a good chance they don't know what the market's going to do, but they know their business. So that's that's an allocation of capital. If Ideally, you've got a company that's paying a dividend, they're growing their business, and they're doing buybacks. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of the, the magic three right there because that shows that they have a solid business that's earning money. They have right. access to capital. They're returning some in the form of a dividend, and they're buying back that's right. their shares. They see their shares as attractive. Exactly. In the open market. If the company feels like their shares are attractive, my feeling is you should too. Right. Um, so when a company does a buyback, that benefits shareholders. And some of these politicians, <clears throat> you know, with the, the new tax uh, cuts – uh, for corporations, they were calling. Well, you know, this is it's it's keeping money out of the economy that would have been if it's it's totally false. Yeah, you know, the whole idea that this money's not getting to the economy because it makes the shares worth more. Now, one of their arguments is well, they're propping up share prices by doing buybacks. If they are, the market's going to see that. Yeah, shortly. You know, I mean, that that's yeah. not something that can be done long term and the market not see through that. Right. So if they're buying back shares and that's helping the shareholders, who are the shareholders? Pensions, mm-hmm. workers, you know, people with 401ks, all these people. So <clears throat> as long as the business, and that's what we always are saying here, as long as the business is a good business, and that company thinks that that's the best allocation of that capital, that's beneficial to the company and the shareholders. Right. Go ahead. And uh, for us, you know, there there are companies out there that don't pay a dividend, but they do share buybacks. That's not a good fit for our clients because no. a share buyback, that's not money that you can spend. You know, that that's kind of – it's like relying on growth rather than dividend. Exactly. Um, but with most of the companies that we own, they're paying a dividend and they're using money to also buy back shares. Yeah. Um, and if they're growing the business on top of that, that's kind of that's that's the triumvirate yeah. right there. I mean, that's that's what you're you're looking for a good solid business. Right. Businesses every business has a different characteristic the paperboard business is different than the energy business the uh electric utility business is different than the mortgage real estate investment trust business but you look through the business to see what is the core of that business the electric utility business what's the core of it 
it's you or me paying that electric bill once a month so that we'll have electricity in our our um, uh, in in our homes. Many of these businesses, you can look all the way through to them, and what you'll find is a consumer who is paying his or her bill every month to have this service. Same thing with mortgages, mortgage REITs. You look down through a mortgage REIT, what's, you know, some of them can be kind of complicated if you look at them on the face of them. But if you look deeper, what you get is there's a mortgage and a house and a consumer or uh, a homeowner who is making that mortgage payment once a month to pay for that house, and that's where your cash flow is coming from. Insurance. You look at insurance and you, you look at what's the core business there. It is a person or a company who needs the insurance that's making that monthly or yearly premium payment for that service. So in, in same thing with the uh, oil pipelines, what's the customer there? In that case, it's an oil company or an energy company who needs to transfer its energy through a pipeline to get it from point A to point B. They're paying the toll just like a toll road would be paying its tolls to get uh, people from point A to point B. There is a consumer, there's an end user in there that's making that monthly or daily or weekly payment or quarterly payment to the investor. And it this corresponds with the investors. They have a need for monthly income. Our clients, you know, you can't spend growth. You might, and and so many people predicate their investment plans for retirement on growth. Well, growth of what and when? Mm-hmm. How do you know it's going to happen? Right. That's the thing. Right. And when we're looking at these businesses, like the examples you were just using, what is what is the pure underlying idea? The business. I mean, right. aircraft leasing companies. It's it's a bank. Yeah. Basically, it, it, it has the same uh, business model as a bank, but it's very specific. In what it receives lease payment. Exactly. Um, and so when we're looking at these companies, what's the, the pure underlying business? Who's the consumer? And what is the, the commodity or the thing that they're producing that accomplishes that pure part of the business? Right. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. News Radio 630 WLAP. The news you want to know. Deadliest mass shooting in the New Zealand. The news you need to know. Rejected by the Senate. But I will veto it. Stay in the know. Immigration. What's the crisis? Climate change. The Green New Deal. With News Radio 630. WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. During times of market volatility, as we have just experienced, it's easy for investors to panic. Some investors want an easy solution, like an annuity, to manage the ups and downs of the market. Some want to seek the safety of bonds and bond funds. At times like this, it's often wise to examine what the long-term returns of equities have been versus other asset classes. 
At Dupree Financial Group, we use times of market volatility as an opportunity to purchase securities at lower prices than where they may have recently traded. If you'd like to know how our investment process may help you and your retirement investments, then give us a call at 859-233-0400 to set up an appointment. It may be an eye-opening experience for you in this new year. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Need the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heartstrings that play soft and low You know the night Magic seem to whisper and hush. You know, the soft moonlight seems to shine in your blush. Can I just have one more moon dance with you, my love? Can I just make some more romance with you, my love? Back on the Tom Dupree show. Let's see. First line of investing defense, you. This is by Jason Zweig, who you really like. The push to require stockbrokers to ask in their best interest, is act in their clients' best interest, is turning into a turf war. The SEC, after years of study, should complete new regulations later this year, but several states no longer willing to wait and see what those rules will look like are already moving on your, their own. As the brokerage industry, state regulators and the SEC duke it out, your own skeptical vigilance will remain your best defense. You know, that is one thing that I'm amazed that more investors don't have more of is skepticism. They don't, they're not skeptical of things that brokers and, uh, they punt. They they uh, they simply say, "Well, it's too big for me to understand, and I don't want to understand it any more than what I do. I'm just going to punt and trust that these guys know what they're doing." I think, and I can see why they do that because they they're intimidated yep. by it, that kind of thing. It happens all the time. Yep, it's intimidation a lot of times. Um, they think that well, I, you know, I don't understand this business. This person's smarter than me. Probably not. Yeah. You've you. Yeah. This is your money. You've made this money, right? Doing something. Um. So you're smart because you've been able to make this That's money. Right. This is always your money, and whoever it is you're talking to, us, we love it when clients grill us. It, it, honestly, I mean, because you love it. <laughs> no, uh, re really, we really do. Because yeah, we do. It, it, I mean, a we enjoy what we do. It kind of gives us an opportunity to kind of geek out a little bit, you know, right. talk about the the things that we own. But <laughs> it's we're not afraid of the questions. Yeah. Um, 
whoever is managing your life savings should not be afraid of the questions. Right. They they should shine a light. We we did a little talk um, uh, this past week, and one of the things you said that was was great was shining a light on in areas that are dark. You're right, and we're not afraid to do that. You you should be able to look at every angle of your portfolio and have confidence in not only what the investments are in but also the person making those investments yeah um, there should not be a feeling of uh intimidation um because that person works for you yeah never forget that and it's it's you, you you're not you shouldn't feel honored to be in this person's or this firm's presence, yeah, they should feel honored and privileged to work for you. That's right. And if you don't have a healthy dose of skepticism about what this broker or uh, advisor can do for you, then ask questions. Right. Continue to ask questions. There are no stupid questions. Right. And, I mean, it can be questions on the investment approach there's when we when we meet with someone everybody's different um some people are good investors in their own right and some of our clients and they want to know you know the nitty-gritty you know the financials you know really get into the weeds and some people they're just not that familiar or they're they're learning yeah and you know we can talk big picture um, but still be very clear on what the thesis is, what we're trying to accomplish here. Um, and that's, that's something that your advisor should be able to do. They should be able to explain to you to a level that, that you understand and make sense. And it's in the very first hour, you're talking about learning, you know, education, you know, in, in universities. We want that for our clients. We want to educate them. We want them to know, and and it, it's a process. You start somewhere, and then over time, they're educated on yeah. their on their finances. That's right. It is all about education. We ourselves have become highly educated on certain areas of the market as we've right. gone along and invested in them, and we've learned about things. Right. Th this business, you you learn something about one business and you can apply every day just about yeah but and then you can apply that same principle to something else and you're like okay so a mortgage-backed security works like this or you know the insurance business works like this and then you apply that to you know a, a REIT with the mortgage backs or REITs with uh, physical properties uh, or energy, you know, we, we've, we, we know this about energy. So then we can apply yeah. that to pipelines. Right. And so it, it's, you, we're always learning. And the hope is that we can convey that to our clients, right? Because it's their money That's right. and they're the ones that have to be comfortable with it. And they're the ones that are taking the distributions from it. That's our role to our clients, you know, create the portfolio and then educate them on that. If you're considering an annuity, start by understanding what you get. There you go. People buy annuities. 
and um, often mislabeled or misunderstood as an investment. An annuity is a product designed by insurance companies to hedge against the chance you'll outlive your retirement savings. Annuities at their core aren't generally used as wealth creation tools. Rather, they are risk management mechanisms. And that goes to the heart of what we're looking at because some firms out there like us warn you about trying to grow your money in retirement. They say you should act your age with your money, one of which I'm thinking of that operates pretty prevalently in this area. And they cause you to be afraid of what might happen to your money. Well, if you're afraid of what's going to happen to your money, you can go out and buy a 10-year U.S. Treasury bond and make 2.6% guaranteed for 10 years. Why wouldn't you just do that rather than buy some of these crazy annuity products that may or may not give you that good of a return for massive commissions paid to these people? And your article tell, tells a little bit about that. And you have uh, exposure to the uh, risk there as well because you, you have risk. They, they use a, an analogy in uh, this article um, using, using an annuity as a bowling alley. You put the bumpers up on the lane. Well, you're not going to go in the gutter, but what if the bowling alley closes? Right. What if something happens to the insurance company? Folks, if you'd like more information about how we manage retirement assets, call us at 859-233-0400. We're a candid and diligent guide to our clients' uh, retirement savings and investments. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. Go Cats. Hey,